business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This is Walt Bayless with the Business and People podcast. Today, we are going to be communicating. We're going to be connecting, and we're going to be finding out how networks can really help you build your business with none other than Lindsay Adams. Now, Lindsay is the published author of The DNA of Business Relationships, which you can buy on Amazon. Lindsay also is a stage speaker who who develops relationships, who can help you with your conference, with your seminar, with your business, and help you to connect with people, building relationships, and as a result, building your business along the way. Lindsay's had a wealth of knowledge in this area, and it's really an exciting thing for me to be able to bring Lindsay onto the show to talk about how these networks and connections can help people achieve more and more in their lives. Without any further ado, my pleasure to bring on Mr. Lindsay Adams. Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Walt. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So thank you for inviting me. No, that's, that's my pleasure. Lindsay, as I look at your career, you've built what you have now as an amazing success. And of course, the book there, well, congratulations on that as well, on connecting with people and forming those relationships quickly. How did you get into that field? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. That's, uh, gee whiz, we could take a long time to answer that one, Walt. But as long as you I'll need that. Version. So, so my background, 20 plus years in the public sector. Started my career in the Australian Taxation Office once upon a time. Uh, first half of my career there in audit, second half of my career in HR and training. And here's an interesting thing. Um, I went on a manager development program uh, and it was a, a huge a nine-month extravaganza. We started off with a week's residential uh, workshop in on Bribey Island followed by a three-month work placement, uh, a week at the Byron Bay Beach Resort followed by a three-month work placement, a week on Stratty, uh, Stradbroke Island, uh, for those who don't know what Stratty is, uh, followed by a three-month work placement, uh, graduation ceremony, report on the action learning project for that whole thing. Here's the interesting part, though. End of day one on the third residential workshop, the facilitator says, okay, boys and girls, we're done. Dinner's at 7, see you at the bar. Lindsay, have you got a minute? And I said, oh, went up to him and said, how can I help? And he said, why are you here? You're not like these people. You don't fit. And that question led to a three-hour conversation and that guy held up a mirror for me and helped me understand I was in the wrong job. Um, amazing. Wow. It was what I describe as a catalyst moment in my life. Yeah, and it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. I'm not an auditor. I'm a people person. And so I got out of audit uh, and went into training and I realised that training people is where I, I excel. And so I um, started my HR career, left the tax office, went to Queensland Health, uh, managed Sunshine Coast Regional Health, six hospitals, 3,000 staff. Uh, went there from there to Brisbane City Council. I uh, had a team of 17 HR consultants working for me. Left them in the year 2000, started my own business. Here I am 19 years later, now known around the world as the relationships guy, and I built my business solidly by relationship. Wow. And you, you too, or your listeners too, uh, can do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Think about it. Relationships underpin everything that we do in life. You know, want to be a good leader, got to be in relationship with your team. Uh, want to be in a team that works, got to be in relationship with those other people. If you're a salesperson and you want to sell stuff, got to get into relationship quickly. So it really does underpin everything that we do. 
And it's, and it's um, not just in that corporate space either, Lindsay. It's want to be a father, got to be in a good relationship with your family. Want to be a good husband, want to be a good wife, want to be a good mother, want to be a good teacher, want to be a good fill in the blanks. You need that people, and yeah. I, as, as Jim Rohn says uh, so well, you know, it takes a marketplace to succeed. You can't build an empire by yourself. Correct, correct. And, uh, you know, time and again, that's been brought back to me. And the other thing that I've done, you know, certainly build my business by relationship, but, but I have served um, and, uh, and service, you know, it's, it's not I've done something for someone to get something. I have, uh, my dad used to say, if you're going to get involved, if you're going to be in something, get involved. Uh, so back in 1998, I joined an organisation called the National Speakers Association, Association of Australia. It's now known as Professional Speakers Australia. Uh, I went to my first ever convention in the year 2000 in our nation's capital in Canberra. And the overwhelming message I got was, if you want to be successful in your business, serve your chapter. So I came back uh, to Brisbane, where I live, went to the chapter president and said, um, I volunteer, what do you want me to do? And she said, oh, you used to work in the tax office, didn't you? You can be treasurer. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I love being treasurer. <laughs> he says with a shake but, of his head for those who are listening on the MP on the MV3. But you know, um, here's the thing. I I served and I learned so much. And I learned, you know, initially I was kind of climbing up the coattails of these giants that I worked with. Mm. And uh, and eventually got to stand on their shoulders, mm. and I learnt so much from that service. So I eventually became the Queensland uh, State President. Then I went on, I joined. Of course, I was on the national board. I then became the national president, and and I I did nine years of service nationally. Right, and uh, I was about to hang up my spurs. One more year is the past. Immediate past president, and I got this phone call. And it went something like this, Lindsay, um, I don't want you to answer this question immediately, but if you were to be asked to nominate for the role of international president, would you accept that nomination? And I went, oh, that's easy, yes. And they went, no, 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 no you, you, we weren't listening. You, you've got to think about it. this. is a big job. I said, I've already talked today with my wife. I never dreamt that I would be asked. Um, but, look, I'll humour you. I'll call you back. So I put the phone down, counted the 10, called them back and said, I'm still interested. Um, I went on, uh, I was elected as the international president and served in that role in 2009, 2010. And, well, that really opened up the world for me and I made so many international connections, um, created business partnerships and joint ventures uh, around the world, and that really catapulted my speaking business. And, you know, simply by, by giving and serving, uh, in 2013, the association uh, recognised my, my efforts and gave me a membership for life. Um, so I'm now a life member of Professional Speakers Australia. I'm not, I'm not telling you this to blow my or toot my horn. What I, what I am sharing, though, is if you're involved, if you're in something, get involved yeah. and give because if you give, you receive. Absolutely. Now, along the way, uh, one of my client groups is the Venue Management Association. So think about... Um, any sporting or entertainment venue in this country or, or around the world, in fact. Um, the Venue Menu Management Association exists in the US. There's one in the UK. Um, uh, there's a little one in Europe. So I got involved in this association and I, 
uh, way back when I, I did a lot of coaching and there was a, a guy known as uh, the Million Dollar Coach, Ernest Oriento is his name, and he talked about having a niche. Well, he called it a niche. Um, a niche is something else to us Australians, but a niche market, he said, one inch wide and one mile deep. And so I took that theory to heart in the Venue Management Association and I got involved. Um, I, I put my hand up and said, hey, you organise an annual conference every year. I'd like to help out. And so I organised their annual conference. Because I work in the speaking industry, I, was, I could get speaker mates to come along and present at their conference. Um, I then uh, got elected to their board of management. And again, service, service, service. I am now known as the go-to guy in that industry for teams and leaders. Fantastic. And so, again, through service, um, the rewards have come my way. So, Fantastic. you know, get involved give and, and build those relationships is a really great way to leverage to create business. I love it. Um, so, when, Linda, when you're, when you're talking on stage, when you're involved, as you said, if, you, if you're going to be involved, get involved. You know, if you're going to be there, go, go a mile deep. When you're talking, you're speaking, you're involved in those uh, engagements with people, what's the main message that you're delivering to that audience personally. I mean, as you said, you've got speaker mates you can bring on who I'm sure can talk about a wide range of topics, each one of them yeah. specialists in their area. When you're talking to your audience, what are you talking to them about? Okay, so I'm talking about um, basically how to get into a relationship quickly with someone and how yeah. to leverage that relationship to get more business. Now, have a think about this for a second. Um, I'm holding up a mobile phone. We've all got one. Um, and... I guarantee if those people who are listening or watching now, if they get out their mobile phone, open up their contacts and start scrolling through their contacts, they will see names in there and they'll go, oh, I haven't spoken to that person in ages. Oh, my goodness, look at that. Oh, there's another name I'd forgotten about. Social scientists tell us that we all have a minimum of at least 250 people we know. I've got thousands in my phone. I know that for a fact, right? If we don't keep in touch with these people, we're missing opportunities. Mm. So we can leverage the people that we just know and they will refer us into other businesses. Um, they'll create opportunities for us simply by asking. Now, in my book, and I wrote this little book called um, The DNA of Business Relationships, How to Engage, Expand and Energise Relationships. And in it, I go through a 10-step process where I talk about how do you get into relationship quickly. And so this is the essence of what I talk about and what I teach people. So, um, you know, when we meet someone for the first time, what do we do? Typically, uh, we shake hands, we exchange our name and say, hello, I'm Lindsay, yes, Walt, nice to meet you. Uh, so what do you do? And then what happens next? Crickets. Yeah, you know? absolutely, silence. People don't know what to say. Yep. And so what I do is teach them how to... Um, ask that, uh, the question to get the conversation flowing. Right. And if we apply the good old 80-20 rule here, you talk 20% of the time, get them talking 80% of the time, they will walk away going, wow, that Walt, he's such a nice guy. And all you did was ask them questions to get them talking about themselves. Now, so what do you talk about? Well, find something you've got in common with them. Um, you know, uh, Walt, I see uh, you and I have, um, you know, the same barber. Well, actually, I'm a long way down the track. <laughs> I've got to go back a few more times before I get there, but there you go. <laughs> but, you know, silly joke. Yeah, yeah. 
we can start talking about the, you know, um, gee whiz, I, I do my own hair now. I'm saving a fortune on haircuts. Fantastic. I mean, you're not far behind me. Yeah, there it is. Um, you know, uh, who's your favourite sporting team? What about the weather? Oh, man, the traffic. And so we talk about something that we've got in common with someone else. Um, I fly a lot. So uh, Qantas and I are really good friends. Um, you know, I, I, guess I, I speak around Australia, Asia, New Zealand, so I move around a fair bit. Whenever I go to check in, the first thing I'll do is find something to compliment the other person on to create a little bit of rapport so we can have a conversation. So typically it's a female. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not being sexist here, but typically it's yeah. a female who's going to check you in. And so I will look to see if she's wearing any rings or any distinctive jewellery. Might be a gold necklace, could be a ring, a bracelet, and I'll go, oh, wow, that's a stunning ring. I love that. And they go, oh, thank you so much. And I go, somebody likes you. And then that will open up a story and they go, oh, my husband, my boyfriend bought that for me. Actually, I bought it for myself. This ring is was my mother's. This was my grandmother's. And yeah, so you've opened up, you know, that simple comment opened up a conversation. You've got something in common that you can talk about. Absolutely. And so it ain't that hard to ask some clever questions to, to find the common ground to open up that conversation. Now, so I've got some some great friends who are who are entrepreneurs who are um, you know they're, they're the startup guys they're the people who are working you know twenty four hours of the day sometimes but a lot of these guys a lot of a lot of this crew are. Uh, you know, doing everything that they're doing these days online. So they're, they're you know, sending off an email, they're creating a dispatch order. You know, they're doing that stuff and it's all screen-based. And then when we get into that social environment, Lindsay, we've got that kind of, okay, let's get together for a, a conference or whatever. There's a lot of that silence. There's a lot of that awkwardness. For those people who feel like uh, I, I don't have the outgoing personality that I need, what would you say to those people to be able to help them initially get past that that immediate fear of connecting with another human so i in in my book i write about asking clever questions and i actually um you know i give you a list of 60 questions but what i encourage people to do is have a couple of tried and true open-ended questions so an open-ended question opens up the conversation um a closed question of course is going to close down the conversation you know so um uh, here's a typical one. How are you today? Fine, thanks. End of discussion. Uh, that's going to get you nowhere. But, you know, um, instead I could say, well, that's an amazing, wow, look at that painting over your shoulder, mate. That's really interesting. Who did that? Um, now, if we're at a function centre, I might go, wow, look, at that's an interesting art piece on the wall. I wonder what that's meant to be. Um, and so just have a couple of questions which can open up the conversation. Um, oh, uh, so what brings you to this event? Nice. Um, our host today is Walt. How do you know Walt? Um, gee whiz, uh, so this convention's all about internet marketing. Um, so what's your favourite platform for internet marketing? Yeah, nice. So just have a couple of basic questions yep. that open up the conversation to get the other person talking. And, and I so, think... I think of it like, you know, in terms of um, when I was doing my sales training, Lindsay, uh, 
my sales, the sales trainer, the very first course that I ever went to, he said, uh, stood up on stage and said, who are the highest paid people in the world? And we thought it was all trick question. There were 30 of us in the room. We all said, salespeople. He goes, no, you idiots. The highest paid people in the world are actors. And if we look at people getting paid $80 million for a film, and he said, actors learn a script and then they deliver the lines so that you believe it's coming from their heart. So what you're talking about there is developing that opening script, practicing it just a few times so that when you get into that social environment, you don't have to dig very far into your memory banks to be able to start that conversation in an easy and ongoing way, practicing those lines, yeah? Absolutely. It's practice spontaneity. Robin Williams, one of the greatest comedians who walked the earth, used to spend hours practicing his spontaneous comebacks. Isn't that awesome? And it was practice spontaneity, and, and that's exactly it. Um, if you have a couple of stock questions, and, you know, I'd even suggest to some, I suggest to my clients, actually, write down 10 on a piece of paper and carry them in your pocket with you at all times. And if you get stuck, you just, um, you kind of go, <coughs> excuse me, and reach into your pocket, look at your question, and then come back and say, and so, <laughs> um, you know, and, and roll another well-practiced one. Um, you know, so if you get stuck, you've always got, uh, a question to open up the conversation. And, of course, once you get the other person talking, it's not so hard. You you nod your head, you you, you do the follow-on things. Uh-huh, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get them talking, get them talking about themselves. And then here's the thing. We're all on the lookout for more business, right? Always. So we're talking. While we're talking with that person, we're going to be assessing, is this someone that I could potentially be doing business with? And so, well, you know, you're an interesting kind of guy. You're in touch with a lot of people. Um, You know, um, I think you and I could help each other in business. I would love to have a coffee with you sometime to talk more about that. What do you think? Would you be up for that? Could we organise a time next week or the week after to catch up, either by Zoom or face-to-face or whatever? So what have, what have I just done there? I said we could help each other in business. I didn't say, oh, I want to sell you something. Yeah. Have I got a deal for you? <laughs> you know, I, met a, I met a printer once. Seriously, true story. Chamber of Commerce. I love my local Chamber of Commerce meeting. Met this guy for the first time and he said, uh, hello, you know, we introduced ourselves. What do you do? And I said, oh, you know, I'm a professional conference speaker. I speak at, training, uh, speak at conferences, run training some seminars and workshops. And then I took a breath and went, great, um, you run seminars. Yes, I do. You, you probably print workbooks. I said, yes, I do. Great. I can do them in black and white. I can do them in full colour. I can print them. I can bind them. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can. I didn't even catch the guy's name and he was already selling me something. Yeah. And so, no, never, never do that. The first meeting is always, always, always about the relationship. If you think you can do business with them, then that's going to be at the second or the third meeting. And it's always about I think we can help each other in business because, you know what, if I could sell you something, there's some way that, that you know, um, I can help you in return. And it's always, I'm always looking at the, you know, the win-win situation where there's something in it for me, something in it for you. I mean, why are you and I talking today? Because... We connected through LinkedIn, saw something that we could each help each other with, um, and here we are chatting. Absolutely. Uh, I've got a message to share. You've got an audience who, who is interested in a message. 
Um, we're going to create win-win out of this. And I, hope that, I hope that for anybody listening, that uh, and they can check the show notes if they're, if they're driving and listening on the podcast, that that list of 60 questions that you've got in the book is worth them going to Amazon right now just to get that list of 60 questions. So I hope I can send some sales your way, Lindsay. But, you know, more than that, you're absolutely right. There was, there was an unknown between us. There was an interest spark and, an, and a connection. And it was, hey, noticed you. Let's talk a little bit and see if there's some way that we can help each other. So that's a, that's a great way to get into a, in, in a networking event where we have that kind of group of people and you find yourself with the, the cup of coffee or the glass of wine and st- staggering over to the next person. And I love the idea of having the, the stagger, you know, stumbling or, or whatever it might be. I love oh, the idea of having those practiced openers, you know, and the, the phrases that you can, that you can work with. Um, I wanna, I'll come back to a story about a barrister in just a second. What about the scenario where we have workplace uh, networks or workplace communication that's needed to to develop? We've got a team of people that aren't really gelling. If you've got an opportunity to go into that boardroom with a a, a company full of eight or ten people, let's say, and and they're all good at what they do, but they're not talking together, do you have a framework that you can wrap around that group of people and help them understand each other a little better? Absolutely. Look, it comes again, it's about, um, it comes down to relationship. It's about finding the common ground and, and you've got to get on board with that other person. So uh, we've got to find a way to um, connect and or help the other person. And I, I often talk about the PS. My mother was a great letter writer. Uh, she would, um, I had my oldest brother, I'm the youngest of five boys, my oldest brother, 14 years older than me, he's he's 35 next birthday. It's a visual joke, okay? You, anyway. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm getting it, but my mind's just keeping up slowly. I'm going, okay. Yeah. So um, so uh, he, he lived in Darwin and mum used to write him a letter every Sunday night. Um, and she did that for years and years and years. He lived there for 11 years. And sometimes she'd get to the end of the letter and she'd do a PS. She forgot to write something. The PS is the postscript. Yep. Now, think about this for a second. You, you want to get on board with somebody, then do a PS for them. And the PS stands for positive service, a small act of positive service. Nice. So, um, you know, I met a guy at a conference recently. We were at the buffet for lunch and I, um, I'm lining up. And I took a plate off the pile and I turned to him and I read his name badge and I said, oh, hi, Walt, here's a plate just for you. And he went, oh, um, Lindsay, oh, thank you so much. We ended up having lunch together. He became my second best friend for life. This is in America. I now have an invitation, an open invitation to stay in this guy's house wow. whenever I'm in America next. Uh, you know, we had a half-hour conversation over lunch. Now, go back to your, your question, how can you create a small act of positive service with these other people in the room to connect in some small way which will open up a relationship. Because the other, be- the other side of that is destructive, isn't it? I mean, when we look at that environment, when we look at that, let, and again, let's come back to that team of people. We've got eight or ten people in a, in a group and we, you might be the CEO listening to this podcast and you might be thinking, gee, I wish sales would talk better to admin or I wish support, you know, I, there's something there. If we look at this and say, unless we can communicate effectively, this is going to be a destructive environment. In other words, I'm going to lose my key people. That person who's a, who's a key person may just be going home at night going, I'm so frustrated, I can't get my point across, I'm out of here, okay? 
versus where we, where we can open up that com- communication and we can literally have those people grow with us and say, I'm, I'm just so happy at my job and I love it. So you're saying that from, uh, from a leader's point of view, if the, if the leader in this uh, is listening to this podcast, disseminating that down to their team to be of service positively for the other members of the team and encourage that same interaction. What can I do for you to make your job easier is going to, yeah. is going to get past a lot of those initial roadblocks. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned a word there and you said the key person. And it's interesting you raise it because in the book I wrote about a concept called the key four. And let me explain that. Um, I'm going to hold up my hand and I'm, I'm holding on to my thumb for those who are listening, not watching, right? <laughs> And then you've got four fingers radiating out from your hand, right? So imagine the palm of your hand is your target market. So think of four other people who share your target market but do not compete with you. Now, I'm talking this for business people, but, but this also works on an internal situation. So if you've got, you know, leaders in a, in a large organisation, you can have your own key four within the organisation. So let me finish the concept. So there's you and four other people. Um, the simplest example, imagine you're a residential real estate agent. Your target market's a young couple who want to buy a house, right? Um, so who, who else would you have in your key four? People who share that target market but do not compete with you. So I'm thinking straight up you want a solicitor or a conveyancer, um, someone who can help, you know, close the, the, the contractual sale. Um, you want probably want a mortgage broker, um, someone who can help the young couple get, get the best finance deal. Um, you might want uh, a building and pest inspector, Um, an insurance person. And so all of those people share your target market, do not compete with you, and so you can refer business to each other until the cows come home. And if you do this in a structured and rigorous way, you can create a whole bunch of business for each other simply by working on your key four. Now imagine this, um, you're talking to your insurance guy and you say, oh, you know, I I need to do a bit bit of promo stuff, I, you know, it'd be great if I get on a podcast somewhere and he goes, oh, I've got a guy, can you see where I'm going here? I'm adding on another key for now. I've added my thumb onto the, my little finger. Yeah. Um, and suddenly we've expanded the network. We've doubled it. I know this guy called Walt. Um, he, he runs a podcast. He'd be perfect for you to promote yourself. So y- your key four networks can grow and grow and expand almost like, um, like a DNA chain. Yeah, beautiful. It's the DNA of business relationships. So, so in business, you have your key four to generate uh, referrals for you. If you're in, working in a corporation, you have four buddies who work in different departments who are connected and you can help each other to get what you want or need in your organisation. Yeah. Um, and that might be more budget. It might be, um, uh, you know, better, uh, better resources, more office furniture, might be... Um, I don't know. It might be an easier. It could be anything. It could be you know from from the from the cleaning people coming through in the evening right through to the CEO. It could be anyone in any position that if Correct. you if you create that key four that four component people that you can help each other accelerate, then you end up with a much stronger network communicating together moving forward. Interesting. I, I explained this concept recently at an EA and PA executive assistant and personal assistance conference the people in the room went nuts afterwards. They, so many people approached me and went, oh, my goodness, I never thought of it that way. Um, you know, uh, the CEO always says to me, um, find me someone to do something. And I realise I've, I've got these key four people um, radiating out from me in the organisation and i just got to, you know, tap them on the shoulder to mm. get what I want or need. 
Yeah. Oh, and I've never thought about it in a structured way like that. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, it's it's a, such a simple concept, yet it's so powerful. Lindsay, do you know... You like, sorry, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Keep going. Here's the other interesting thing. Remember, let, let's go back now to the networking function. And I said, when we're talking to someone, we're trying to assess, can we do business with them? Mm. What we're trying to assess is whether I can do business with them or if I can't, could one of my key four buddies do business with them? Can you see how that works? Yeah, now? definitely. So yeah. Think about I need to connect leverage. you with John because John is, you know, yeah. Think about the leverage power that you've got if you're not just thinking about you but you're thinking about four others. Mm. Um, and then those four people are out there networking, not just thinking about themselves but thinking about you as well. Wow. Can you imagine when you start to structure that, how, how that leverages to create opportunities? Definitely, definitely. So here's my question for you. So I've got a, a scenario where, um, and again, talking to the audience here, we have what I like to call a solopreneur, somebody that, you know, they, they've gone out on their own, but to this, to this minute there, it's just them. They don't have that team of people yet. They've got an idea and they're just getting started. They're listening to this and they're saying, great. I love the concept of, of, a, of a key four, but it's just me right now. How would you suggest that person go out and establish that key four? Yeah, brilliant question. And, of course, they're going to go and buy a copy of my book for a start. Of course, that would make <laughs> sense, absolutely. <laughs> but here's, look, I'll save you the time reading. Here's what you're going to do. You've got to think about um, who, who is my target market. And this is a really critical piece because, you know, I was at a conference recently and I asked the question, I said, who's your target market? And this guy put his hand up and he said, I said, yep, what, what's your answer? And he said, anyone in business. And I went, Everyone oh. with <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, what, what business are you in? And he said, I'm a graphic designer. I can work for anyone. Mm. I said, okay, but who's your target market? And he went, but I can work for anyone. I said, no, 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 think of it this way. You've got to narrow it down. Imagine a, bull's, um, imagine a dartboard. Mm. So when you, when you hit the dart into the bullseye, what do you get? You get a pretty high score. I used to say, I said once at a conference, you get the highest score. Someone pointed out, no, no, um, high score is 50 for the bullseye, triple 20 is 60. It's not the highest score. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway. There's, there's always an expert in every room. Score. Okay, you get a big score. So think about the dartboard as your target market. The bullseye, the people you want to work with. So they are the people who earn you the most money. They give you the most joy to work with and they're the easiest people to work with, right? So think about those people. So if you're a graphic designer, well, who would that be? Um, well, I want to work with, you know, um, self-employed real estate agents. Um, yeah. they, they always want me to um, draw nice pictures of their house or make their, their brochures look great, whatever. I mean, just pick an example. Yeah. So then my question is, if all of those real estate agents in Australia lined up at your door tomorrow, could you cope with that business? The answer is typically, well, no, not that many. Okay, so let's narrow it down a bit more. Real estate agents on the north side of Brisbane, real estate agents in the suburb of Chermside in Brisbane, you know, like figure out a way to draw a loop around it. Now, if you happen to have a real estate agent who's a good client in Perth already, fantastic. Stick with them. But, you know, think about who's your target market. So if you're starting out in business, number one, who's your target market? Then who do I know who works that target market, who does not compete with me but works with that same target market? And then look around your networks, identify potential candidates, 
and then have a meeting with them. And, and the meeting would go something like this, Walt, are you interested in getting more business? Absolutely. Easy Absolutely. Question. The question, I, I have never asked that question and had a, a response of, yeah, no, not really, no, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> um, everyone wants more business. Right. Mm. So great. I've got a, an idea, a concept, which will help us both benefit. Are you up for that? Yes, I am. Great. Let's have a meeting. And so you explain the key four concept, how it's win-win. We both share the same target market. We do not compete with each other. Now we can share our client database. So the logical step is you recruit four other people and then you've got to motivate those people to bring your business. You can't just sit back and go, well, I've done my bit. I invited them to the group. Now, you know, I'm... Let, let the leads blow in, yeah. All work that way. So here's what you're going to do. You get out your database and you identify 10 people and they identify 10 people. Then you're going to contact those 10 people and you go, look, um, I know this guy's name is Walt. He's incredibly handsome. Uh, you know, he, he runs an amazing podcast, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you're going to describe the other person's services. Would you be interested in meeting with him? Now, what's the possible responses? Yes, no, maybe. If it's a yes, then you go forward to the next step in the process and you organise a three-way meetup. Best, best option is to have a coffee together yep. where you can introduce and, and sort of massage the conversation. Not always possible. So um, you could introduce them and then they, they meet and, you know, take it from there. Um, if it's a no, you go, great, fantastic, thanks for your time. If it's a maybe, then you might have to help them understand more about the other person. Send them to their website, um, uh, you know, maybe send, you know, forward some uh, material, a brochure or whatever on their behalf. Yep. But you figure out the process and then you systematically introduce clients to each other. Wow. Can you see how that could work? Yeah, brilliant. You do that in a systematic way, you're going to get more business and it's all relationship-based. And, Walt, it's never, oh, um, you should ring Walt. He, he could use your help. Here's his number. That's a cold call. Yeah, it's yeah. always going to be me talking to the person, warming them up to the opportunity, and then introducing them to the other person in my key four. That's a warm referral. Perfect. I know the person's interested in chatting, even if it's a maybe. At least they're interested. Whereas if you um, you just say, "Here's the number, call them," well, they might as well just open the phone book and start ringing. You know, yeah. seriously. Yeah, look, um, someone told me I should call you. You might be interested. Well, right. <laughs> you know, no, nobody wants to do that. I mean, by the way, that works. Yes. Yeah, um, the research shows three people out of every hundred that you call will do business with you. So get on the phones. <laughs> get on the phones. <laughs> 97 rejections. Yeah, that's now, it. You've got to have the metal. <laughs> so 19 years ago, Walt, that's how I started in my business, picking up the phone and ringing people. Wow. It's hard work. And I bet you haven't had to do it since because those relationships have been in place. So following that that all the way through, Lindsay, I'm so grateful for your time, mate, and thank you so much. So following that all the way through, we start from a a seat in the ground. It's just you. There's nobody else around you. You're doing your thing and you're starting to get started. And and I love this concept. And again, guys, if if you're listening to this on a podcast, just hold up your hand towards your face. Hold onto your thumb. That's you. The palm is your target market. So look at who your target market is. And I love, again, the concept of defining your target market by literally writing a job ad for your perfect customer. 
right? So let's, you know, yeah. let's write that job. That's my target customer. Now we can say, who is four people that are connected to that? So, so these are the steps so far, right? Now we've got our key four. We've done that initial introduction. Coming back to our, your example of the printer who you met at the conference, when yeah. you meet with these four people, the absolute key is not to, this is what I do, this is what I do, this is what I do, right? The key is how can I help you? Who, how is your business going and how can we grow? Yeah. And then yeah. from there, we're, we're, we go into that proactive step of developing business for each other. And in all of the interviews I've done, Lindsay, I've had the pleasure of being able to interview people at all kinds of different walks of life. And one of the things that stayed with me every time I've done an interview is when I say to somebody, how did this all come to be? The answer 90% of the time is I knew a guy who did this or I knew someone, I had an idea and I knew this person, I reached out to them, bang. And it was a relationship that helped that business get started or go to the next level or, you know, expand internationally. It was a connection. And that old phrase of it's not what you know, it's who you know. So I think well, that, that this 30 minutes that, that we've been able to, to put together for these entrepreneurs is, is fantastic. If you had any advice for... For someone who's uh, who finds themselves now with these with these networks, they've got this rolodex of people, and they want to keep that uh, momentum generating and and be able to be better at relationships moving forward. We've got that person; they're a well advanced student of the DNA of business relationships. They bought the book. Now we want to we want to develop them up into a a well molded leadership and moving individual. What advice would you give to that person? So I think it really comes back to. Uh, continuing to work the relationships. You really have got to, um, you know, you've got to look out for your key four, but in, in every case there is someone, I'm always looking out. When I meet somebody, I'm always thinking, how can I help this person? Mm. And, um, and that, you know, that leads to the PS, the small act of positive service. So, uh, you know, I, I had just had coffee this morning with uh, one of my, uh, my speaker friends. She's, um, she's a long way behind me in terms of the journey of her business but we, we sat for an hour and, um, you know, she told me where she was up to, gave us some ideas about where to next. I'm always looking to help somebody mm. because, you know what, when I started out, somebody helped me. Mm. And so I think that, again, that service ethic really, um, it underpins all relationships. I mean, relationships underpin so many things, but service underpins relationship. And if you can serve others... Um, you know, the rewards come. Uh, seriously, you know, and it's a kind of a spiritual law, the law of reciprocity, what goes around comes around. Seriously, it works, it works, it works. And, but you got to, and you have to work at it, you know. you you got to look out for people because if you look out for other people, they'll look out for you. Mm, absolutely. I'll tell you the number of times I've helped someone over here and someone over here has helped me back, you know. Yeah. And it, it doesn't make sense at times, but, hey, it works. I, um, I love that where it's like it, it's, it's that activity, isn't it? You, you're sowing the field over on the left and the crop is coming from the field on the right. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But if you're helping other people, if you are serving, then, then the law of reciprocity definitely comes through. Yeah. What do you think in, in terms of communication networks and uh, making those relationships work, what do you wish more people talked about? in business, in, in life, in that communication circle, what do you wish they, that more people were more open about? I think um, that's an interesting one. Uh, I think 
people often feel they have to be successful no matter what. Uh, we have a, there's a running joke when we have our annual convention, the annual speakers convention in March every year. Uh, you know, the, the joke is, um, oh, I, I, last year I did 100 plus presentations, I earned a million dollars, I fly first class everywhere, and the reality is it's not like that at all, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I think sometimes we actually just have to be a little more honest. Uh, right. You know, when people say how's business, you go, well, you know what? It's been a tough time, whatever it is, whatever the real, real situation is. Well, you don't have to say I'm, I'm on the bones of my backside, yeah. but you can say it could be better, yeah. you know, like it's okay. And some, you know, I cannot tell you the number of times when someone said to me, oh, you know, not, not going so well. Or, or, or they say, I say, how are you going? They go, oh, busy. And they go, are you busy making money or just busy being busy? And then they go, oh, you're yeah. just busy being busy at the moment. Yep. And so then, you know, my antennae go up to, well, well, how could I help this person? Or maybe I ask them a challenging question or give them an idea where they can go and actually create an opportunity, you know? Yep. Um, again, which other people did for me, you know, 19, 17, 15 years ago or one week ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I still got, um, you know, I don't know everything and, and I've got a long way to go. I still got lots to learn and I'm always listening to other people and, um, uh, you know, open to new ideas and, and there's always a gem somewhere, you yep. know? Um, it, it, it really it. isn't. So I love it. I think the, uh, you know, the, the answer there, what do you wish more people would talk about would, would be just that uh, ability to be human in, yeah. in a relationship environment to say who they are and what they are without putting on an unnecessary front and, and by doing that, facilitating more honest communication. As, as you said, if, somebody, if, if somebody's having a trouble but they paint over it. I did a hundred speaks last year. I made a million dollars. I fly business class everywhere. Then they, they are really not opening the opportunity for you to help them at all. Because by putting up that front, by saying everything's great, everything, I couldn't wish for more business. Everything's great. You're literally going to shake that person's hand and say, well done. Good luck. I hope everything keeps going for you. And really what that person has just done is close the door to any incoming relationship based help. So, and, and again, as you said, you don't need to say, um, you know, I've been sleeping on a bridge for the last two months. But if you've got <laughs> integrity in terms of where you're honestly at, then you do allow that help to be coming through the door. And, and in so forth, relationship speaking, you can then in turn be helpful to that person as well. So I love that. It's being able to be yourself and be, have that integrity to allow that interchange to happen. I think that's a really cool thing. Lindsay, can I, can I ask you, I, I do a 60-second challenge with a lot of our guests. And uh, typically when I, when I do the 60-second challenge, I ask them, you know, you run into a friend who's just starting their business, what advice would you give them? And we've already talked about this key four. So if I can, I, I want to just um, maybe take a little bit of a different spin on a 60-second challenge. So here's my challenge to you. I've got a CEO who's about to uh, uh, do a public presentation, like a, a, he's, he's been board presentation, there's going to be press there. He is unbelievably nervous about public speaking because he's been a computer geek all of his life. Now, from yourself, coming back from your um, uh, 
illustrious speaking career and being international president of that association, in 60 seconds, how can we take this nerve-wracked CEO to someone who can take a deep breath and walk on stage tomorrow and give them a little bit of a, a, a wraparound? So uh, first thing I'd say is talk to my buddy Pam Wigglesworth in Singapore, who's a, who's a coach for executives who, who are terrified. No, nice. Right. Okay. So seriously, the thing is about uh, they're going to make a presentation. So the presentation is about serving the audience, isn't it? So how can I serve the audience and give them the information that's going to help them you know, how am I going to help them benefit by the message that I'm sharing? How do I serve them? And it's a, it's a question I often ask myself before I go on to speak. Um, you know, I can do my routine, I can do my speech, my staff, yeah. or I can give a message to the audience that, that will help them learn and grow. So, it's a very you subtle know, for, for that CEO, for that person delivering that speech, it's about how can I serve the audience best? And, if you know, think about what I did with the executive assistants and personal assistants. I gave them that simple little tool about the key four um, and helped them, you know, uh, quantify something that some of them have been doing anyway. Um, so it's about really thinking about the audience and, and delivering the message for them, not for me, for them. Yeah. And once you step out of your shoes in, in an, and think about them, it makes such a difference. I love it. And as I said, it's a, it's a subtle change because if you're going into that presentation thinking to yourself, I need to present myself the best way, I need to show off my product, I need to have my slide deck. And if you change that mentality to how can I present this in a way that my audience is going to get the most out of it, it, it really will help you change your delivery. I can feel that even as we're talking. Guys, Lindsay Adams is an incredible speaker. He's the man that can come into your organisation. He can help you with your seminars. He can help your audience understand how to network better, how to communicate better and how to break through barriers so that they can grow. He's also the author, as we said, of the DNA of business relationships, which you can grab on Amazon. Do Lindsay a favour by doing that. Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. If there's anything that you wanted to leave our audience with, let us, let us have a, a, that last little piece of wisdom. The last little piece of wisdom is, um, you know, think about the PS. So here's my PS, my, my small act of positive service to you, is to, to be constantly thinking of how, how will you become memorable to that other person and to, to create that lasting memory is to create that small act of positive service. So um, if your listeners are keen, get them to send me an email at lindsay at lindsayadams.com I'll send them the 60 questions that we talked about and, and that'll be my gift to them. Fantastic. What a Lindsay gift. LindsayAdams.com. Uh, my small act of positive service to your listeners. I, that I'd is love to really share. wonderful. That is so great and thank you so much. That That is uh, an incredible toolkit in your pocket um, as a gift from Lindsay. So thank you, mate. I really appreciate that. Lindsay, thanks for, for joining with us. I, I think that your journey coming from a background of audit, which, by the way, my father was in the same role, uh, with the ATO. So from coming from that background of audit, making sure that everything adds up and then expanding that into a, into the human territory of networks communications, I think that is a, an amazing gift that you've been able to deliver to the world. Um, and again, thank you so much for your time. I'm excited to, to uh, hear about your speaking tours. I'm excited to see where you're going. And, um, and again, I'm just really grateful for your time, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. 
My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Hey, everyone, it's Walt, and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you, and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there, so you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.